Hey guys, welcome back to the NRL Dom Podcast special one today. Joined with someone that you haven't heard in about 48 hours. Ryan, how you doing, man, from uh, Supercoach365? Yeah, really good, Donny. Uh, pleasure to be here, mate. Thought it only right that I returned the serve after uh, you jumped off the bench at short notice for me on the weekend. <laughs> so I um, really appreciate it. Well, no, so what I'm, what I'm doing with these Wednesday shows is I'm pretty much collecting all your guys' knowledge and just funneling it in into my listeners. So, because I, I I love draft and I love classic, and I feel like I'm pretty good at them, to be honest with you. A, a don, some might say, but everybody knows if you're doing some research for this season, you got to get everybody in. So, the Wednesday podcast is my favorite podcast because I get you guys on that know what you're talking about, and I just kind of sponge it up with the rest of us. So it's it's good stuff. So today we've got obviously hot take of the week. I'll announce that. Um, but we've got. Bolter, Holter, and I can't fault you. Three players that Ryan's going to give us. Uh, someone that he thinks is going to take off this year. Someone that he thinks that you shouldn't touch. And someone that he can see why you'd take them, but it's just not a move that someone like us would take. Uh, maybe something more for the masses, but the elite players like us, right, just would never touch them. <laughs> Donnie, I've gone above and beyond. You said one of each there. I've actually got um, two or three of each, just to sort of go oh. above and beyond. I thought I'd have to bring some quality. You bought plenty of it on Sunday afternoon. Spoilt us. Yeah. Absolutely spoilt us. Well, let, let me know what you think about it. I got some... The hot takes are heating up, guys. And I don't even want to see some of these when the season starts because before the season has started, all you blokes are just pissing into the wind with some of this nonsense that you're hitting me with. Uh, the bloody brilliant Beards boys hit me up. Tyson Gamble will fire at number six this year. Ren Diggity is all that he needed. <laughs> Tyson doesn't, he hasn't even secured that sixth spot. So, I mean, there's, there's that. We had... Um, Will Kennedy over everything from Skippy, mate. That that's not that's not a hot take. That's just a straight fact. Uh, if you know me, you know my opinions on him. But this is one that I picked out of the bunch, um, and, and keep them coming in. I love reading them and seeing where you boys and your heads are at. And there's no wrong hot takes, right? If you're just going for it, you just go for it. But this one had some kind of theory in it. I think if playing 80 minutes. TPJ will average more super coach points than David Fafida in 2022. <laughs> well, that's going on the wall. We're holding uh, that till the end of the season. What do we think of that? I don't hate it. I mean, I, I'm tipping uh, Pango for a massive year. I mean, Fafida maybe a stretch too far. If he said Payne Haas, I probably could have mm. got around that because I've said the same. I think uh, Pango is in for a big year. He, he, just so dynamic, explosive. His game is built for super coach, but yep. so is for feeders. So it might be look uh, made to look silly that one. Listen, big balls make big calls. That's what it is. And and I'm not here to hear about Fafita being the best second row forward in this first segment of the podcast. We don't want to hear about Turbo being the best fullback either. So I mean, I'm big on TPJ. I love the bloke. Uh, who knows? There was a period last year, a stretch there, where in Supercoach he was the best player in Supercoach. I think he came out the gate with three nineties or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, if we look at that halfway through the season, you might be right. But over the twenty five rounds, <laughs> we might see how you go. But anyway, Stubby Cooler coming out your way. I'll um I'll get in contact with you soon. Now, Ryan, let's let's dive into it. Let's go. You're saying that you spoilt us for choice here, but hit me with it. Who who who's your bolter? Okay, so my bolter. The way I've looked at this predominantly is is classic value but also someone who's sliding down draft boards and you can pick them up much later than 
then anyone's thinking of grabbing them. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you conversely, you flip it the other way and you grab them a lot earlier than people are thinking about them, then you're going to come out on top at the end of the year. So first one here I've got is Zach Lomax of the Dragons. Yes. Yes. Now, yes. I know we're a long yes. way we're a long way out from uh, from a lot of drafts happening. I know a lot of them happened that first weekend in March, but thirty days out from Teamless Tuesday, I think Zach Lomax is heavily underrated. Average draft I position so. about seventy one at the moment, and that's just nonsense for mine. I mean, last year I'm, I ripped and teared into one of my blokes in my home league. He took uh, Zach Lomax in the third round. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. After taking his two-minute timer to a minute 59, blurted out Zach Lomax. But that just goes to prove that he was in people's mouths a whole lot more last year than he was this year. Yeah. Than he is this year. Uh, I like Zach Lomax kicking again for the Dragons, and I've tipped the Dragons to come in the eight. They're going to score 150 tries? No. But, I mean, if your goal kicking out there, he's, a, he's good. I mean, he was on the money for Origin last year, if you're asking Gus Gould, before he went down. Yeah. So I like that. I like that a lot. Zachy Lomax put him in the black book. I've got some I've got some numbers here to sort of back that up because I don't want to just throw it out there without any context behind it. So That's the whole podcast. You mentioned... <laughs> exactly. That's what we're here, right? But no, no, no. We need to back it up. Tell, tell me what you got. I want... Um, I'll preface this by saying that Brad Fittler... You mentioned Origin there. Brad Fittler coming through the junior rep ranks at New South Wales Rugby League, he referred to Zach Lomax as the gifted one. You're getting those raps from Freddie. You're obviously got some talent in your locker. So uh, Lomax, yeah, obviously last year a bit of an injury-affected year, but came back. Uh, I think he played four games after he came back from that broken hand or broken thumb. In those games, the Dragons lost by an average margin of 14 points, and that didn't stop Lomax from averaging 73 points per game. So you're telling me if, if they're getting within six points, four points, whatever it is, even if they're winning games, he's scoring more than 73 points per game for mine. I mean, and, and he, he has lost that dual position status, but he wasn't really utilized with that dual position because how often are you going to throw Zachary Lomax in the fullback unless something drastic's happened? Yeah. He was never getting drafted at fullback. It is a good thing to have over origin periods and stuff like that. But um, I think, especially if you're these leagues that have two center wings, if you load one of that half, if you half of your center wing group is Zach Lomax and you pick him up where? Six, seven, if they're saying, and he's at 70 ADP. Yeah. yeah, you can do a lot worse than that. Have you got anyone else for us? Just before we skip on, I think going back to 2020, I think you and I said this the other day that the, the game, I think, will change a little bit this year. There won't be mm-hmm. as many mm-hmm. blowouts. We might see uh, the, the gap between the best and the rest shut. 2020 Lomax averaged 68. We know that. If you look at that, that is, if you take that average from from 2020 and apply it to 2021, when he was obviously injury affected, whatever, he's the fifth best CTW, and that's obviously including the likes of Adam Dewey, who's missing half of the season, and Alex Johnston. Again, we're yep. tipping him to sort of come down a little bit as well. Yeah. Yep. So I'm saying Lomax is a top three center wing by the end of the year. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I hey, I mean, and we're talking about center wings. You got you got Garrick there. You got top or there. Or how do you say it? Sorry. Brian To'o is the uh, official pronunciation <laughs> of the Supergo 365 podcast for, uh, for Brian. And then, and then, I mean, if number three, yeah, I probably have Stags or Lomax in there, but Stags is getting drafted, and Lomax just won't be. Yeah, Lomax, Lomax for mine ahead of Stags, but anyway. So here's my first one, Zach Lomax. Who else you got for us? Now another one you you mentioned uh, at the top there. David Fafita um, as the premier 2RF option. Not too far behind him would be Roosters Angus Crichton. Mm. I'm thinking here, I'm looking the other side of the field. I'm going to Satili Tupanua. I think I think he's in for a massive yep. year, Satili. 
I like this. I'm hearing a little bit. This is starting to heat up a little bit. This Tupanua talk is starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, one thing about Toops, from memory, I don't have the... This is, this is what's beautiful about the show is it tests my memory because uh, you guys have done all your research and I'm just feeding off you. I don't ask Ryan who his picks are before because I want to have the genuine uh, reaction. But with Satili last year, uh, it felt like sometimes he wasn't as involved in games where the Roosters weren't pumping teams. But I guess I don't really like that argument because... Most Supercoach players shine when their teams are winning. Like, mm. you got a few outliers that are able to perform when a team's going bad. Someone like a Payne Haas and, and people like that that are just base machines. But Tupanua, one of the best things about him is he does have attacking upside. So when the Roosters do get on a roll, he's an option. I think it's also hard to pinpoint what his true average was last year. I think they've got him there mm. at 55. But how many times did he play in the centers or even on the wing for the Roosters? They just had that yeah. many injuries. Yeah. So... I think he's probably closer to a 65-point-per-game average. That gets him up to around the Brandon Smith region of two RFs. Um, and we all know how good Brandon had a, a year last year. So Brandon probably goes around two or three. But no, give me Satilia much later than that. I like that. I like that. Uh, you got any more bolters? Yeah, one more here. And this is truly a gut feel. So probably not too many numbers to go with it. Uh, Reese Robson of the Cowboys. Um, I like this. Again, I've seen a little bit of this guy coming through New South Wales Cup, and he was dominant. He hasn't shown that consistently at the NRL level, but I think it's just only a matter of time. So I'm looking at pure number nines in the NRL. If I had to pick purely for my NRL team, I'd probably have Reese Robson, the fourth or fifth best hooker across the league. I, I think the thing that's, that's Mar had a mark on his name um, for a while now at the Cowboys is the fact that Jakey Granville comes in and Reese doesn't really have the ability to drop into other positions. He just does. He, he takes a spell. And when, you, when you're a super coach, you want an 80-minute hooker. But, geez, he pulled out some big scores the last two years playing 60-odd minutes. And the more that Jakey gets on, the less he's going to be involved. Um, now, nah, Reese Robson, and he's an eyeball test guy too, isn't he? He gets in and gets about his business. Yeah, and as well as that... I. <laughs> That's the, that's the big question mark, isn't it? How many minutes he plays mm-hmm. and what's doing with Granville? You can probably speak as a Cowboys fan. Do you even want him in your 17 anymore or are the Cowboys past Granville? I've been saying for two years now, since Reese has come in and been doing what he's doing, is I just don't think it's necessary to take a bench spot up with Jakey. I love him. He was there for both grand finals. He's been a clubman. He's great for us. Played fullback last year when we needed him to. But I just think you're clogging up a bench spot with Jake there. And you look at Reese. Are you telling me that bloke can't play 80 minutes of footy? He's young. Yeah. He's fit. He's ready to go. Um, I'd be surprised if he can't play 80 minutes. And maybe they've kept Jake there to be a bit of a cool head to come in. Uh, but it's not working. Like, we're not winning games. Um, I just, I honestly think, I love Jake Ramville. Love everything he's done for the Cowboys. But... Yeah, he, he, I seriously think he takes up a bench spot for no real apparent reason. I mean, I'm not Todd Payton. I don't coach in the NRL, but it just doesn't really add up to me when I'm watching him play. So who do you have for me for your halters? I love these. People get a little bit upset when, when, when some, one of their favorite players comes up in a segment like this. But hey, just looking out for you. <laughs> so tell me, tell me what you got. We mentioned Cowboys number nines or middles. I like Robson, and I absolutely hate this Ruben Cotter chat. I can't get around it. Oh, <laughs> eat your heart out, rugby league guru and weekly rubdown. And, and all of us. I've made I've made Cotter posts. Yeah. Tell, knock us down a peg. Tell us why we're wrong. Look, I'm not doubting the kid's talent, and I just 
every year you get one of these players that just gets hyped and hyped and hyped. And I know he's only played 20-odd first-grade games, and he might go on to play 220. He might play Origin. But for right now, for this season, the, the chat around Ruben Cotter, particularly now that Jason Tamalolo has just confirmed his vaccination status, you know that Todd Payton isn't going to budge on the way that he sets his team up. And for mine, mm-hmm. I can't get around this chat that Cotter's going to play 60 minutes. I just think it's it's too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much for mine. I mean, it is one of those, if, it's, if it looks too good to be true, it just might be. Um, yeah. He has got a lot of raps, but that's kind of what happens in this game. Uh, so one, one person says something, and then everyone kind of goes, hey, yeah, you're right. And then someone else will say it, and then someone else will say it, someone else will say it. And before you know it, you've got all these punters out there drafting Ruben Cotter in the sixth round, thinking that he's got to be scoring 80 points a week. And so it just doesn't always turn out like that. I think we that's the thing, though. We can all see the potential. We know he's got a big motor. Defensively, he's so good. Base is through the roof. So he is safe. And I think that's maybe why we've fallen into that trap of we almost want it to be true. We're, we're mm. almost trying to will it into existence. But mm-hmm. for mine, no. I can't be having it. Not now, it anyway. kind of gives me... Remember coming into last year, uh, the amount of hype behind Blake Braley. Um, yeah mainly in classic because you're such such a cheap option in classic but geez what happens is especially if you're doing draft stuff if you play classic obviously listen to all these classic podcasts go to all these classic pages look at all this classic information and if you're playing draft you need to understand also there's a lot of information will transfer absolutely if they're talking about a cheapie that's a late round pickup so stuff like that but when people are going hard on blokes like blake braley last year and then out of nowhere, Blake's getting drafted in like the sixth, seventh round when there's still actual out and out nines available. Mm. That's just not what you do in draft. You don't take those punts out early if you don't need to. I think that's what uh, people get a, a bit hung up on draft because it's uh, in, in in classic. It's so much about potential because you need to make the money. In draft, you need to feel the best side. Your salary cap will not change. You don't have to worry about trades. You need to feel the best side. It might be all good if you think Blake Braley is going to be amazing come round whatever. But right now in week one, you need to feel the best side and draft draft off your board accordingly. Um, I don't know why I'm talking so much about Blake. But yeah, with Cotter, um, maybe because I drafted and got burnt. But with Cotter... (laughs) You always feel those ones, even the next year, even the year after the next year. You just feel... You remember it, and you're almost scarred by that. And I, I personally hate people to be scarred by Ruben Cotter because I can just see it. Mm. We've, you know, you mentioned Granville there. He's taking away some minutes from Cotter as well, effectively, because if if Robbo needs yeah. a break, Cotter could go into that role, give Tamalolo a breather. Exactly. But it's just not going to happen yeah, as long yeah. as Granville's there. Yeah, I think I think that's a big linchpin there because if, if let's say Granville for some some way doesn't make the seventeen, yeah. then Cotter probably will jump into yeah. nine. And Reese, you might have a break. If Granville's there, Cotter doesn't jump anywhere. He jumps onto the bench, if not coming off the bench to start with. Uh, so, yeah, okay. I, I, I can cop the Cotter chat. Um, I can cop that. You got anyone else for us in your halters? I do. A couple more here. Uh, next one here. Probably the biggest name on this list going off last year's scores anyway is Dane Gagai. <laughs> I hate yeah, Dane yeah, Gagai yeah, this yeah. year. And we sort of spoke yeah. about this the other day with South's left, how good it is. He goes to Newcastle's right side, which is statistically, I think it's the worst patch of grass in rugby league. Yep. Um, obviously, the prowess of Ponga down that left and Clifford now as well. They're going to operate down there towards Bradman Best. So um, Gagai's in that awkward spot where he's not on the wing, so he's not getting the base with his meters out of his own end. Yep. 
And for mine, he goes from the best position in, in rugby league, South's left side, to arguably one of the worst. Newcastle scored the second least amount of points last year, second last only, well, only in front of the Bulldogs. So that sort of sums up where the Knights are at. With with the amount of stuff happening at that club right now, I can't see that changing. I did see Gags come out the other day and say uh, something along the lines of, "I know what a premiership, what a grand final side looks like, and I'm in a grand final side right now." And I, no, <laughs> if you want to believe Gags, that I got some uh, magic beans to sell you as well, because I just don't think that that happens this year. I think the Knights are. I think Gags plays a attacking upside game in a team that doesn't have a much of attacking upside yeah. at all. So, um, yes, and he will get overdrafted due to the fact that he had such a good average last year. So, yeah, I, I like that one. I like Gags. Uh, I mean, obviously, a, tr- a guy like him will always have value at some point for some reason. But um, I think uh, there's 38 guys that average between 50 and 60. Chuck him in the mix and pull someone that doesn't have a name out, mm. I think. And for mine, I think, yeah, you mentioned they're overdrafted. I think he still goes fifth or sixth round, which is just way too early for mine. For I sure. just think it's too early. No, I like them. I like them. Is that is that all the people you're going to drag today? One more through the coals. Yes. And it, it pains me to do it because I'm a massive fan of his game, but I don't think he, it, he produces what he did last year, and that's Adam Dewey. Oh, um, yeah. oh, really? I've got Dewey on draft boards. People telling people to stash him for six months. No. Tell me, tell me why Adam Dewey doesn't do it for you. Because you go back and look at when he played center last year. Yep. Oh, verbatim, but 40 points per game. And that yep. was when he was kicking goals. If, yep. he's, if he comes back in mid-season and Hastings is kicking 80%, why would you swap that? Mm, mm. So for mine, you're going to carry this player for eight to ten weeks on the hope that he gets back to his number six, but he's going to kick goals, and you're not guaranteed anything in this game. So No. I think the big thing with Dewey is I, I remember sitting there at Magic Round last year. I just traded him out. Uh, the, the center news was coming, um, and... Or I was looking to trade him out, sorry, and then he did what he did in the centers because that's why that's why I could not find a trade for him because the news came out he's going to move to the centers. Magic round lit it up. Uh, somehow the Tigers is on the Friday night <laughs> game of their lives uh, to open up Magic round last year, and Dewey was a big part of it. Uh, I think that a lot of people are drafting Dewey to stash him for a long time. If you're doing that, this is my advice to you: do not be one of these people that stash an injured player and then because you've stashed him for six months, you hold on to him no matter what. Mm-hmm. If we get up to the point where Dewey's coming back and you've held him and you see the news before someone in your draft sees the news that he ain't playing six, he ain't kicking goals, get rid of him. Don't hold your own losses. Flick him off. Get something new in. I think Dewey is going to be held by a lot of people and a lot of people will hold them to, his de- to their detriment um, just because people like... Get attached to players. You can't get attached to your players. Um, I remember sitting there last year thinking Dewey might be a second rounder if he's fit and playing six. Wasn't he on fire last year? Yeah, and I was lucky enough to actually be on the other side of that. I picked him up off a you know, two-for-two sort of trade, and I said, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'll give you this guy and someone else for Dewey and someone else. And I sort of I could see the potential that he had, and sure enough, he just yep. kept scoring tries. The Tigers, they didn't have much of a focal point in their attack. He was it. So, um, yeah, he's going to be a massive loss for the Tigers because... I know they bring in Hastings, but Dewey was their man last year. It's, it's going to be hard to replace. Yep. 
Uh, you want to talk about bad trades? Uh, the same guy I got Garrick off is the same guy I got Dewey off is the same guy I got Fafita off. So uh, <laughs> hopefully he has a better season What's this doing year. There? What, what is Adam doing there? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, we're not Adam doing it this season. All right, so hold, uh, well, here we go. So Bolter, Halter, Can't Fulcher. These are guys that we see get picked up. And you can't really tell me mm. why you're not going to do it, but you just can't do it. You can't bring yourself to do it. Who is it? I think it's Luke Keery for mine this year. I think it is. One at a time, I will convert people to the Luke Keery truth. One at a time, oh, I'll I, do I it. I drilled a little bit deeper on his numbers last year, and obviously they look phenomenal because he beat up on a turboless manly side and then the West Tigers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, who's to say that he's going to have that sort of role again. We saw the emergence of Teddy as a ball player this year as well. Sorry, 2021, I should yep. say. Um, Kiri Kiriwi has averaged around 60-65, so to suddenly... Every game, and that's being generous every week. He Every year, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing like... There was one season back there, he averaged 55. Um, he's been the same guy. I've said it before. He's been the same guy for a long time. He's come in. He scored... I think it was not... I'll get the stats up because I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but he scored well against a team, the Tigers, who, so first of all, it was Manly, and everybody knows last year before Manly came back to, with Turbo, they were putrid. So he's scored 70 against Manly in a game that uh, Teddy scored 150. He scored 123 against the Tigers, which is impressive. He was on one that game. That Tigers team conceded the most tries out of every team in the league last year. Then when challenged for the first time against the South side. He gets a yeah. 33. And injury affected my ass. He played 76 minutes. So, And that's more minutes than he played against Manly. So I don't want to hear this injury affected. Um, he went into his shell. And that's no knock on Luke Keery. I think the Roosters are going to win the grand final this year yeah. when all, all said and done. But the last few seasons, 75 this season... So everyone's hyping him up, but he had a 59 the year before, a 61 before that, a 49 before that, and a 59 before that. I mean, mm. what are we expecting that now this late into his career, he's now this guy that averages 75 to 80 points a game. He's going to go in the second round. I can see why he's going to go in the second round. 5'8 depth is shocking. But I mean, I always go back to Toby Sexton. I know I talk about this kid too much. Everybody says to me his sample size is too small, and when he played a good team, he went into his shell. That same team that he went into his shell against was South Sydney. So, what does that say? And he played four games, and Kiri's played three games. So I don't understand the small sample size. If all things considered, Toby Sexton should be going in the second round. If we, if we their stats are almost identical, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, no, I'm on. I'm on board with it. Yeah. I'm on board with it. I'm not even saying can't falter. If you pick him up in the second round, I'll falter for it. There's other guys out there that you should be grabbing. Anyway, <laughs> I love Luke Carey. Think he plays great footy. Super coach. Can't touch him. No, and it's funny because you mentioned all those knocks there, and I think he gets drafted out of fear. Like if you're on the board and Carey's still there, and you think, "Fuck!" Like I need to grab this guy because if I don't, someone mm. else will. I think it's that sort yeah. of a pick this year. Definitely, definitely. This time last year, Luke Curie was owned by just five percent of NRL Super Coaches. Classic. Yep. He returns from an ACL this year. He's seven k more expensive than his 2021 starting price, and yet now he was he is owned by 28 <laughs> percent. I mean, come on, come on! What are we doing? What are we doing? And people love to tell me, "Don't look at averages. Don't look at averages." I don't look at averages. 
There's no other explanation. That 75 is why that's happening. There's no other explanation. I know he looked good against the Tigers. Bro, everybody looked good against the Tigers. Like, everybody looked good against the Tigers. I know he came out and brained it those first two games. He had his hands on the ball. He was making shit happen. He was elite. But I just... What do they say? Class is permanent. Form is temporary. I think Kiri's in a bit of form off those two games. And then against South, he just... But as far that's super coach-wise as far as NRL goes. Luke Kiri, classy player, great player. But he's never been super coach relevant. But those numbers that you've just hit me with classic, I think last year, off the top of my head, he was 47th taken off the board. And he was like the 6th 5'8 taken off the board. And now all of a sudden we're saying he's 5'8 number 2. Uh, or, or number 1 in a lot of cases. And I just... I mean, probably... Yeah. To be fair, as far as 5'8 goes, he might just be. But 5'8 just isn't that important to me. And you're drafting points, not players and positions. And there's not enough points there. I think I've said enough shit talking about Luke. I could go on for hours. It just <laughs> If you listen to this podcast and, and you've listened to the last three and you still believe that you should pick up Luke Keery, DM me. We'll talk about it. I want to get you on here to explain to me why. <laughs> Speaking of 5.8s, I've got another one here. So conversely, I think I think Kiri will go too early. And I think this might this guy might go too late. So if you want to grab this guy late, middle of the third round, early fourth, I'm not going to fault you. And that's Josh Schuster. Mm. And that's if you're grabbing him as a 5.8. As mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, average draft position here, 45. I said I can even make a case for him like middle of round three, 35. Yep. If you put him at six, there's a solid 60 points per game. It looks great. View it like that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider it reaching for him as a two RF. So grab him, put him at five eighth because that's a position that you can just forget about. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. I can see him at a two R. Two RF might be a bit of a push considering how much talent mm. there is, especially in uh, draft. There's enough two RF to go around. But yeah, like I was just saying as I was rambling, who is my five eight rankings? Yeah, there isn't a lot there at all. So. Um, and people are a bit confused why, why I wouldn't take Kiri in the second, but could see why you might want to take uh, Joshi in the fourth. It's because you've got just some other points on the board already. Now you can do something like take a half. So I think, yeah, yeah Schuster in the fourth, probably not me doing it. But if you need, if you're, if you're a, I need to fill my spine guy, yeah, yeah, grab Josh Schuster in the fourth. The way I see it, though, is Cody and Munster, they're going to go pretty early. Mm-hmm. If you if you know if you want to grab a half and then a five eighth or traditionally it's funny you say you're not a spine guy I am no. I am a spine guy right. that's the way I I sort of usually it's a, a one or a seven first then a six then maybe a, a good second row option anyway but for mine I, if you're grabbing Schuster as the third fourth best five eighth early and it's set and forget almost at six I I can make a case for it yep yeah I think and again I can't fault people for picking spines but what I always say to people is I take players and points off the board i don't take positions off the board yeah. if on if 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 round one tom sankster comes out and says by the way guys halfbacks are now worth uh 23 points a try i'm grabbing a halfback straight away but when yeah. all the points are worth the same amount that's what i'm doing i'm taking the points off the board not the positions that's just how i see it anyway makes sense makes sense uh that's that's it for my fault years so uh, a mixed list there, but I think all the same. Some some good tips for uh, draft in 2022. No, I like it. I like it a lot. We got some questions here, and guys, you just slammed me with the questions today. Uh, must have been the share on the uh, 
Supercoast 365 story got everybody's lips watering, uh, mouths watering. So, so I got a couple here. We'll pick some out. Uh, a couple hot takes and a couple things that we just want to bounce off you. This one is is staring me in the face. A cashed up storm to buy Jason Tamalolo. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. I just think the game's sort of moving away from Tamalolo. Um, yep. I know they're gonna, they're going to need some some enforcers and some leaders there at at the storm. Obviously, with their forward pack all going to Redcliffe. Sorry, all going to yep. uh, the Dolphins, not Redcliffe. No, 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 they don't play at Redcliffe. They just play at the Dolphins. Uh, at Dolphin Stadium. No, uh, but personally for mine, no. I'm not I'm not doubting Bellamy. I think Bellamy I, could bring out his best, but I, I just don't think it's a storm buy for mine. I, I can see an argument for it, but um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, the storm don't buy guys that are already done. They buy guys that they make better, and that's how they get them for cheap. So here's a couple for you. Raiders spine worth touching this year. Only if Starling starts and Hodgson moves on. Yep. I think otherwise, yep. no. Oh, unless Savage is somewhat of a breakout and come Origin time. I don't like that he's. I don't like that he's fullback only. Um, if he was centre wing fullback, I could definitely make a case for it. But yeah, um, we spoke about this on Sunday. Uh, Gold Coast make or miss the eight and key super coach players. Don't state the obvious. Go listen to the podcast from Sunday. There's a little plug for you. We go. We go through it all. Uh, just pump in uh, Supercoast 365 and you'll find it. Um, he, 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 he got some more here for you. Which dual position player, this is a tough one, but which dual position player do you see as most valuable at this point? So we're talking about people taking spine guys first. This guy's taking his DPPs first. But if you had to think of some dual Ooh. position players, who do you think's got a good one and who do you like the most? Jeez, that's tough. Uh, without, without, without yeah, any. There's a tough uh, one. There's a couple that come to mind. Mate, you head us off and give me half a second to think about one because I'm sure there's some. I think guys like um, Cheese come to mind. McInnes comes to mind. I like that. I lo- I don't like it. I love that second row hooker yep. jewel. It just always seems to help me out. Hookers seem to go down and second row seem to go down. So you swap him around. I had McInnes in 2020. And um, I swapped him in and out of hooker all year. Uh, a guy that had Cheese last year was doing it as well. So I think Cheese or McInnes has a lot of value. If you're worried about either of them, go the other one. <laughs> we can have arguments for why you don't like either. So I could go for either of them. Um, there might be some guys like Sloan. I like. He's a center-wing fullback. If he brains it, might be uh, have a bit of value. Mostly not because of his duel, but because I think that he could have some potential this year. Um, other other duels... Uh, oh, no, my favorite, uh, without a doubt, my favorite duel this year is uh, Pangai Jr., front row yeah. forward, second row forward. That's always a handy duel, and I think he's going to brain it this year. And yeah, I'll, I'll pay that. Pangai Jr. is my, my most valued duel position player this year. I've run the numbers on that with, with Pangai. So if you're going to pick him in your team, do not pick him as a second rower. You pick him as a front rower. He's actually no. 10 points per game better as a front rower well, compared to the cohort of front rowers than he used to second rowers. So maximize the value there. Yep. Uh, other ones here, Jai Arrow, I like. I think he's cheap price this year. He's going to play big-ish minutes at Souths. And Kurt Mann as well. If he's playing 13 at Newcastle, pop him in the centers or at 5-8. There's a solid 55, 60 points out of a Kurt Mann just in pure base. I don't think the Knights will go overly well yep. this year, but that's probably a set and forget almost. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, We'll end it there. There was some more questions there, but we'd like to keep it short and sweet. And hey, I'll probably get to them next time. There was a couple more questions in there about the Tigers and about Penrith. Where you boys been? We uh, 
We done this already on Sunday, so go check that one out. There was a uh, one, one. One said, "How will the Penrith Panthers go without Cleary this year?" He might be breaking news that I am not aware of. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they will not have to go without Nathan Cleary this year. Um, so I think they will be fine. Uh, if you're referring to the first three games, um, I think they'll be okay. They, they've gone all right without him. Luai kind of steps up. Never the same team without a guy like Cleary, but I think they will be just fine for those first three rounds. And if you're talking about holding him and drafting him at two, absolutely, I'd be doing that. Um, well, thanks for coming on. Tell the people where they can find you if I haven't done so enough this podcast. Get us at Supercoach365 right across uh, the socials, podcast feeds, and on YouTube this year as well, which uh, we had the pleasure of having the Donny on uh, to talk the yes. Panthers, the Titans, Tigers, and uh, there was another team in there that I've forgotten, Souths. But um, good fun this year. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. And you'll see me more of me and Ryan throughout the year doing a couple of live shows and stuff like that. So like you said on Sunday, if you hated this, you're going to hate that. And uh I can't do much for you. So, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Like I say, follow us on all the socials as you normally do. Keep those questions and hot takes coming in. And, uh, yeah, you could maybe win a stubby cooler if I think your hot take is silly enough to feature on the potty. Thanks, guys. Talk to you all on Friday with uh, Rugby League Guru.